So what comes to mind when you think of a sister? Come on. Two sisters back together. A best friend. An opinionated best friend. <laughs> this is Sister Sister the Podcast. A sister who always thinks she's the boss. That sister that you start a conversation saying, bitch. Guess what? You're listening to Sister Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. OMG. Okay, this show, I'm just warning you right now, like put your seatbelt on, buckle up. It's going to be a hell of a show because we've having, we've been having these crazy discussions off the air and right. it's all about to translate to being on the air. So hi, sis. Hi. You're Good on. morning. Good afternoon, How are sunshine. You? I'm not as fucking tired as I was last weekend. I didn't pay attention last weekend. Uh, you last didn't? Week. No. I, I took a nap. You <laughs> no. didn't notice? No, no. You were you were wide awake, but yeah, I know you were hella tired. Oh but. my but I feel I feel like a new woman. Okay, good. Yeah. And you know what? Um this kombucha with beer, I think, situation is helping, right? Uh, you're, this is like you're new to the game because this is a thing. Yeah, you guys were drinking this thing that is uh it's organic kombucha with alcohol. It's a hard kombucha. It's like beer. Yeah, so okay. this is a hard kombucha with alcohol, seven percent. Um, it's delish. First time trying it. I think this is like their summer flavor, watermelon, super good. But um today we have a special guest in the house. Yes. Um, my girl Nadine Velasquez. Vasquez. Uh, for all who don't know, I actually, I, I came out in a movie, uh, how many years ago? A long time. Like, like six, right? I think it was four. Really? Four years ago called The Bounce Back with Shamar Moore and Nadine Velasquez, you were the main actress mm-hmm. uh, that played alongside Shamar Moore on mm-hmm. The Bounce Back. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen you since then. I know. It's been a long time. Welcome to Thank Sister you. Sister the Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm already learning all kinds of things like what you shouldn't say and if advertisers <laughs> haven't paid you they don't get their you right know, they, they don't get they don't get a shout out they girl don't get a shout out so yes i'm learning welcome <laughs> so listen we start the show every week with a rant or a highlight okay so sis oh that's cool let's start off with your highlight or your rant of the week because i know you i you, have a highlight you actually going- i think it's a mix again okay i mix it up good Bitch, i want to keep you on your toes exactly my highlight is I just celebrated my two-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. I know, but you want to know the my rant? What? I forgot it was my two-year anniversary. Oh, how do you forget? Oh, my gosh. That's what Mel wanted to know. Because I got so caught up in booking clients that I didn't realize June 13th was actually a significant had a significance i mean right? like, two years ago we were in cabo bitch, turning up I, with the I family fucking completely and how did forgot. you remember he, he well like, my husband was making plans for us for the weekend and i was like i'm working he was like you're working i was like oh i mean i just got back to work yes i'm working i have a list of clients he was like, it's our anniversary. Oh. And I was like, I own it immediately. is the night, <laughs> and girl, I can't wait. It's, it's our, our anniversary. anniversary. Okay, it's so, hey, but shout signing gigs. Shout out to the men that remember dates. Exactly. Because usually it's the woman that's like, honey, it's our anniversary oh, date. No, no that's really like a good. moment like where you just stop and you go, honey. And then a tear just. Yeah. Mel's really good with down. numbers. So he's really good with dates. I see. And obviously it's our anniversary. And I, on, a, on a regular occasion, I would have never forgotten it. But this time, this year, I did forget it. So so luckily my clients were super, super gracious. And they allowed me to move their appointments. I, I explained to them what happened. And yeah. I owned it with my husband. I didn't try to make an excuse. I was like, babe, I forgot. And oh. he was like, 
okay, well, I guess we can just, and I was like, no, 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 let me move my appointments. I'll explain to my clients what happened. My clients love me. My clients were rooting for me. They could go one more day with gray hair yeah. since they've been going three months already. <laughs> so we were able to celebrate our anniversary. Um, thank you, God, to my clients. So, so what did you guys do? You guys went to San Diego, right? I saw that. We spent the day in San Diego it, and for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to, that's where Mel wanted to go. And number two, Robert's going to college out there. So I sort of wanted to do research on the city. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm San Diego. i tell you, San, San Diego, Diego is, is a vibe. Nice. Yes. Robert is going my wish for my son, and I'm going to put it out in the universe, and I already talked to him, and I'm going to have everybody that prays pray for this. Okay. I want him to make a life in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Remember when my dad wanted to move us to San Diego? He was like, let me tell you, San Diego <laughs> is the, has the best quality in the... He, he already has told like me that. The best air quality the in, best like, weather. Right, right. It's beautiful in San Diego. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a vibe. We went to every neighborhood in San Diego. We spent the day there. What? And okay, that's a lot. two hours away. It's not bad. No, it's an hour and a half, actually, because oh. I live in Riverside. And you could take right. the metro there. It's You could jump on the metro you, from Union soy, Station and yeah. literally get there in, like, yeah. so fast. Mm-hmm. Yo, soy, yo soy vaga. Like, soy niña de la calle. You yeah, know? So yeah. I get in the car and go. And thank God Mel's super adventurous, too. So we're going to be in San Diego a lot. But I already told Robert, like, son, you're going to love this city. And see, I never went to college, right? So yeah. I don't know... I'm so excited for him because I don't know that life. Right. I don't know. He's about to go to school and meet all kinds of people from different walks of life. He's going to be in a different city, the city that's lit and has a vibe. Oh and it's so God. diverse because we were, we went from Barrio Logan. That's the hood. It is all the way to La Jolla. Well, Barrio, it even says, yeah, it. Barrio Logan though is a vibe. Like, don't discount it because yeah. that's where you want to be. Okay. That's where the good micheladas are. That's where all the lowriders are. <laughs> that's where the raza is. Right? Yeah. But then you go to La Jolla and it's completely Bougie. different. Bougie. We could mostly. do both. We could definitely oh, do of both. Course. Mm. So I told Robert, I want you to be so successful that you can make a life in San Diego because it's not cheap to live there. No. We saw some townhouses, brand new ones. They were going for 1.2 million starting. Damn. And they weren't even on the water. So you you have to be successful to live in San Diego. Which yeah. I want him. That's what I want for him. And oh he said my. he was going to do it. So. so, okay. So you were telling us off the air that you got a little bit emotional this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually I, I've been super emotional um, with menopause. <laughs> is that, is that what it's called? Callate. Callate vos. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a menopause. I don't know what it is, but I know as I'm aging, I know what menopause. it is. You're it's allowing, you're, allow, you're allowing yourself to feel maybe like you've never felt before because you're experiencing something you've never experienced. Like your only son graduating and moving. And it's, it's, I just feel like actually that's not what has me in my feelings. No, like, right. What had me in my feelings this weekend was, the whole Black Lives Matter movement that's happening. It's so powerful. So on the way up to San Diego, I took the time to just sit one-on-one with Mel. Like our kids were not there. There was no other distractions. Our phones were away. And I was just grilling him. And I like, was just baby, asking how do you questions feel being about a black man in America? Right. And, and, and he's shared with me before, but I really was just, I don't know. I was extra attentive. I don't know mm. what it is, but... The things that he shared with me and like the, I'm, I'm going to get emotional again because it, it it's th- beautiful because I know my husband and I know his heart and to think that he's just been racially profiled or treated any kind of way just because of his skin black, color fucked with me a lot this weekend. And then <laughs> after we ate breakfast, um, and you know, Mel never says anything with resentment. 
Yeah. Yep, Mel will just tell you very factual. Okay, I think we're all crying at this point. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not like, even though he's been racially profiled so many times. And um, he's bald, too. Right. What does that got to do with anything? I just, I just feel like cops <laughs> racially profile bald, oh, and, bald guys and black guys yeah. and brown guys. Like, it's yeah. just, I, it, God, it's like, who? I, I can't even grow hair, bro. And you're going to racially profile me? No. That's fucked but up. To, to hear, like, his stories again, um, and just for him to be very raw and honest about how it made him feel, and the fear, believe oh it or not, God. that he does live in today because of the tension that's out there you know and it's not recent like this is nothing fucking new this is something that that community has been living with since for 155 years since well longer than that but 155 years ago the slaves were freed two years before that was the emancipation proclamation it took two fucking years to free them and ever since then 1865 they've been or 1855 they've been screaming at the top of their lungs and asking just to be treated equally they're not asking yeah. for anything oh, my God. anyhow so we went we had breakfast and it was it was a good time it was just us we were talking about the wedding and what happens when we leave breakfast we literally smack dab in the middle of a black lives matter protest mm. in like san it diego fell in our lap oh my and God. i immediately started to cry again because it was so powerful mm. the energy that those people were emitting and to see every walk of life mm-hmm. together wow. mm-hmm. banning it's it sort of reminded me of like if you have somebody like if you're running a race or you're swimming and somebody gets hurt and everybody's going to crowd around them to protect them and yeah. to make sure that they get to shore safely that's what it felt like and it's like for some reason when that's i think beautiful. of san diego doing a black lives matter march i envi- not, i it automatically envision it being more peaceful because san it was diego super peaceful yeah yeah it was super it was peaceful. a protest it, was it a wasn't protest. a riot there's yeah. a difference yeah but anyhow so this this for me this weekend was our anniversary we got to sell and my anniversary is june 12th june 13th and on june 12th was the anniversary of loving work versus the supreme court mm. yeah well, they were the first so interracial couple 19, right yeah not the well, first not the first but their case went right in 1967 which is only 52 years God, ago that's nothing it became legal for people like me and mal interracial right. married couples that's to because be of married. the 14th amendment um there's a whole thing that's going to come out soon on the 14th amendment and the 14th Amendment gives equal rights to everyone. You're equal under this amendment that was created from our our you know white what? ass forefathers. That's what I was about to say. Wow. You know what pisses me off about that? I, like, you and know so what's... it was challenged because the whole idea was they weren't considering a, a, a blacks equal. But yet in the Fourth Amendment, it says that we're all equal. So equal rights in marriage LGBT, the, the reason why we're getting, you know, why they're able to marry is because of the amendment. Right. Because they were they were saying that behavior wasn't equal to what everybody else was doing. Like, okay, maybe we 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 can say we're equal being human, but we can't say that we're equal in behavior. So that was the whole thing with the whole <laughs> Who LGBT. Who the fuck yeah. made this? Like, you know what's crazy? And and this is literally me being one hundred percent honest. I never knew that it was illegal to. I, I like I never knew that it was illegal to be an interracial couple and want to get married. Yeah. I I never only been legal I hold on. I literally years. I'm hearing that I mean I I read that whole thing and I was like I think I skimmed over you it. You ever saw the movie on them? No, but I literally never knew that it was illegal to Because it's absurd, right? To me it is cuz yeah. if I fall in love with the black man 
that's what it is. I don't, you know what I mean? I fall in love with your soul. Right. I'm not even looking at skin color. So we were celebrating. God, that just gets we were me so sad and blows my mind. All that, like the fact that today it's illegal because a white oh man my. decided that it was legal too, right? Ugh. First they decided it was illegal. Then they decided it was legal. Fuck that. And yeah. the same thing with LGBTQ community. Like you fall in love with who you fall, fall in, in love, love with. with. Yeah. Who are you to tell me I can't do that? So we were celebrating the fact that we were married, wow. that we're thriving. Yeah. I was, I was leaning in and like really listening because I don't consider myself to be a racist, right? We were not growing. No, we, we didn't. I mean, but one of our best friends growing up was black. Fanta. Right. A lot of my friends are black, but also I will never pretend to know that I know their struggle 100. percent right. Yeah, no. Even though as a brown not. woman, we have our own. Um, I I was just really leaning into Mel, and and because I love him, and because he is my husband, and because I can't even imagine what my world would be if he got extinguished simply because somebody was threatened by his skin color and to think that that's a possibility Absolutely. because of the times we live in now and then to be caught up in the middle of that black lives matter protest it was just so much yeah um but it ended up being such a beautiful <laughs> so beautiful. beautiful weekend i could see why i don't you know I, you know what fuck fuck uh what, what we were saying uh menopause it's not even right. menopause at this right. point not, not this time not, now that it's i'm not this time right now that i'm that's listening to you really break down it, don't blame it on menopause or your hormones. And your I, heart's opening. Like, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Like, when your heart gets cracked open and you can't help but cry. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's very different. I don't know if I would feel this impassioned about it if my husband wasn't black. Yeah. But because I see what he walks through mm-hmm. and he shares with me so openly or he'll come home and he'll tell me, like, um, that he got pulled over this was early on in our relationship, but like getting pulled over and put on a curb and questioned and belittled and just, just because, you know, what's crazy is pisses me off. I've experienced getting pulled over and putting on being put on a curb when I was dating. Uh, he was a bald headed Mexicano with tattoos. He was a tattoo artist. One, you know, you know what they pulled him over? Um, because his muffler was loud supposedly. So they pulled it over. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. A modified exhaust is like the citation. Uh But I remember they pulled him over and he was like, chill Raquel. I have my guns in the, in the trunk, but Mm. they're all registered. He Mm. was like legit registered. Right. But I have, I had never experienced. It doesn't protect you. I, I had never experienced racial profiling. Like I did that day with him. They took him out of the car. Then they took me out of the car and they treated us like animals. And wow. I had just gotten off the radio that I was doing nights at that time on the radio here in L.A. And I had my business cards on me. He had his business cards on him. He was like, I'm a business owner. I was like, I'm a radio personality. They didn't give a give fuck. Were they, they didn't give were a they white? Fuck. They, they, one, uh, two of them were white and the rookie was Latino. And the rookie that was riding along with the, with the white you. cop. No, recognized him because he used to go to his tattoo shop to get tatted. Oh. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, he was so embarrassed. But since he was the rookie, well, he couldn't do anything. God, right? Like- and th- let me tell you, they were like, be quiet. Don't talk. No one's talking to you like to me. And then, and then, and then my my ex at that my boyfriend at the time was like, let her talk. He was like really protective over me. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe. And this is me be just being the girlfriend of like a guy that looks stereotypical. Right. right? A, a bald Mexican tatted guy. And but how stereotypical is it in fucking California? Oh, but I experienced it. <laughs> you know, it's it. not like you were in Kentucky, bitch. Right, right, right. It's California. It's Los Angeles at that. 
where right. most Mexican men are have tattoos and are bald yeah. or have a super high fade. Like, oh, what the fuck? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the best part about this story was. Is I said, you do me a favor. I said, I know my rights, and I need your sergeant to come out here because I will. I, I like. I am not leaving this place until your sergeant comes out here because you're entitled to call a sergeant. You are. You huh? are entitled if you know your rights. You know your rights. And they're like, why do you need... I said, because I need a sergeant. And until you bring a sergeant out here, I'm not cooperating with you. Oh, and I'm I didn't even know that. And I'm staying on this curb until you bring out a sergeant because I... I like, I'm super uncomfortable with the whole situation because they, they found nothing on him. They cited him for an illegal... I mean, a modified exhaust. So the sergeant comes out. It was like this big lesbian uh, black woman. You know, she was How like, do you what? know she was a lesbian? Well, she looked like a lesbian. She looked like Queen Latifah. <laughs> okay, you just totally stereotyped her. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she looked, looked like, like Queen Latifah. Wait, is Queen Latifah outwardly? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, she okay. looked like a Queen Latifah. Still, that's not a fair assessment. Okay, well, I'm just using my common sense on this situation. She came. She's like, what seems to be the problem? I said... The cop could say the same thing, that he was that's using true. common sense because he was bald See, and tattooed. I was being influenced by them. <laughs> no, so I said, you know, your officer, like, was 1,000 percent disrespectful to my boyfriend and I like we have been cooperating with everything he he has his guns are registered like they found nothing on us uh-huh. and she's like what what do you want to correct the problem and I said I told him that I'm a radio personality and tomorrow I'm putting the entire department on blast mm. and like I use I pulled that card mm, right that's a nice card oh yeah it was a great card and so she's like what would you want to make the situation better and apology even, and that's what I told him I said I want your sergeant that totally racially profiled my boyfriend I want him to apologize because to me, that was like, <laughs> that's the worst he could do to a private motherfucker, right? <laughs> exactly. And the, the the sergeant couldn't even look at him in the eyes, but he was like, I apologize. Like, it was it the most, the wow, it was the way the, to the, turn the, it the around. It was the most <laughs> insincere apology of life, <laughs> but it did good for my ego and it did good for his ego and we had bomb ass sex that night because he was like you are so down for me oh because it was like and i put them on last the next day in a very politically correct way but i i literally was like i know what it is to be racially profiled not even because of me but because of who i was with yeah and it was bad and it's funny because i did tell mel that this weekend because i felt i feel like right now um the tensions are running high. Yeah. So I'm apprehensive mm-hmm. out there in the street. And I feel like I need to protect him. And when I told him that, because um, he said something He was like, like, don't protect me. No, he, he said something like, you stand here. I'm going to go put money in the in the meter, right? Because it's metered parking in San Diego. And I was like, like hell, like I'm going to come with you. I said, because <laughs> I mean, I need to be there in case somebody pops off. Because I, am, <laughs> yeah, I right. am more of a whip. Right, Mel's right, right. super passive. He and is I so could chill. see him. I could see somebody mm. berating him and Mel just being chill about it. Whereas me, right. bitch, I'm going to throw my hands on you. I'm going right. to throw my body on you. I'm going to use every fucking word that I know in English and in Spanish. And I may make a few of them up. Like, I feel the need to protect him. Yeah, I see that. You know what I mean? I and he just laughed at me and he was like, baby, you don't have to do that. He's like, I'm going to be okay. But I was, he's been living with this for 50 fucking years. Like to him, he's 50. So to him, maybe it's a little bit normal, but to me, it's not normal. Yeah. And, and even if it is normal to me at this point, it's not okay. Right. Yeah. Period. Punto. Caso cerrado. Imagine, imagine <laughs> what, what, like, cause there's a lot of interracial couples out there, like black and white, you know, kids that are mixed. Imagine what, that what, and we got to have somebody like that on the show. So yeah. what a white woman. I have woman, somebody in mind, but she's actually a teacher too. So she's fighting for the rights of the teachers with this whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. But imagine what a amazing. white woman right now living in America feels like raising black, like mixed kids. Right. 
we got to have that perspective on the show or you know just bringing would mel come on the show or no huh he's like more like he would come but mel i don't know if he would be the best I'm gonna ask him. He would come. He will do anything that I. For, he would do anything for me. Yeah. Hi. Get cute. Get cute. It's true. It's true. Okay. So that's a really long rant and rave. That was a long. I ass feel like rant. I always hijack the show with my rant and my raves. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Okay. Have a nice day, people. That was a 20 minute rant and rave, y'all. Shit. Okay. So listen. Um. Let Let's. What's my highlight of the week? My highlight of the week is I've been blessing myself with birthday gifts since I don't got a man. Mm-hmm. I've been like, what do you want? for your birthday and I've just been getting myself what I want for and my how birthday. how many days has your birthday been now? My No, my birthday is June 28th. Oh, okay. My birthday's coming up. It's coming up. Um, no, I started in May. Yeah, but I, listen, mm-hmm. I my birthday girl are they're like month-long celebrations. Nice. So, um, the, so my birthday gift to myself on top of the closet that I created for myself <laughs> is I gifted myself a Jeep. Okay. <laughs> I, I gifted myself a Jeep and I'm going to customize it and this is what you do when you don't have kids <laughs> to yeah. invest your money in is you find ways to fucking spend your money, listen, right? Listen, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> and and oh, hey, listen, my Jeep is going to be a good drive to San Diego. Yeah. Top down. Yes. Pick me up. Let's go. Top down. I'm picking you up. Robert's yep. going to be like, oh my God, my mom and Titi just rolled up. That's right, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> he was like, mom, seriously, when I come to San Diego, I'm going to really need my space. Like, you can't be in <laughs> He my said house. that? Yeah. He's like, you can't be in my house all the time. I said, fool, I don't want to be at your house all the time. I'm just going to drive by, honk at you. Be like, honk, honk. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm showing Nadine a picture of you and Mel. He is so yeah. sweet. You could see he's it. Yeah, he is. And he's forever he leaving comments on our podcast oh page. Oh, my God. That's my woman. The one with the... <laughs> he's so cute. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's hilarious. Honestly, I love black men. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I want to marry one. You know what? Puerto Rican, so it's, it's, all very, date. it's very... Um, culturally I you feel, guys are all I feel, shades i feel like i'm at home yeah, yeah. You know what i mean like the, the because i'm a, such a soulful love i'm such a lover but in a deep way it's not like it has some substance and black men have this. oh yes. my god let they me go in yeah deep you yeah. know what i didn't Talk about start it, like dating black men until <laughs> i became single from this last relationship that i had to almost three years ago august will be three years that i've been single i stopped mm-hmm. counting and you know what like it's it's a different vibe it's a different it vibe. Is. Like, I love all men, but I just feel like a black men understand the Latin passion. Yes. And they're easier and to, like... And they ground me. Yes. Because, I'm, because the Latin passion could be so extreme yes. that it's, like, such a great balance That's what I find me. to be very true. Because yeah. in our culture, sometimes men knowingly or unknowingly could be really macho. Right. So they don't understand when they meet a very impassioned latina woman right it becomes like you're on, a, on guard yes. or on yep. defense but a black man understands our passion and they let us be passionate right. they don't feel threatened by it yeah and i think because they don't have that machismo instilled in them you know so nothing against latino men like my son is one and my first husband was one and and i wouldn't rewrite history but i now that i have seen the difference in both like because I am so strong-willed and opinionated and impassioned about many, many things, yeah, he lets me be, and he never, ever feels threatened, nor is he jealous, ever Not yeah. jealous. So yeah. you feel like you could just be you, absolutely, all the he time. Be. And Which when he, and what better, what, what better feeling? Feel. What better feeling <laughs> is that? Like the worst is to have to. The worst is to be in a relationship, especially when you've had kids too, and to feel like you have to 
morph into somebody else and you're like oh my god like how untrue is that to yourself right or because so dissatisfied with who you are it's like if i offend you so badly like why are you here yeah Yeah. and to the women that go ahead and marry somebody that see those red flags ahead of time why would you marry somebody like that because we've already covered that oh my god like what the what people think of them is outweighs their own um their happiness, own happiness, their, their own, own values, happiness. their own morals. You know, they worry about their their own self-esteem, right? I can't but like people pleasing. Nadine, do you yeah. consider yourself a people pleaser? Um, I've definitely have tried people pleasing. I'm not going to lie. And it never works. Yeah, it it's doesn't. Not true to it never works because yeah. I used to be labeled so uh, offensively, I think, to people because of what I say or if I give my opinion. And I just felt there was a time in my life where I felt so isolated and of course, I've had to learn how to balance things so that people can, you know, so I can maintain a relationship. But I right, think yeah. I was so jarring before um, that I went to the opposite end of the pole and I was trying just complete cooperation and keeping my opinions to myself. And, and then that wasn't that didn't work either. Right. Because it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. So learning how to like have the balance has been my my journey in relationship. Yeah. Do you feel like in the industry? the Hollywood you have to or you've had to mute yourself to be appealing sure that's yeah, awful that's crazy it is like, yeah. it is Why? really crazy they, they love us but then they hate us oh yeah like they love the idea of us but they don't want to see us in our full glory because it offends them it's scary why though bitch we're we're dope we're also really vibrant and alive and intense and passionate and that's very scary to people it is very <laughs> scary to people <laughs> I, mean, I guess if you like white toast you like white toast. i mean for blanquitos that's a lot that's a lot to handle that's oh my god like i've been told that many <laughs> times in meetings oh roxy you're a lot like you, you just you, you always have an opinion you're and it's translated into i'm always trying to create problems mm-hmm. and i'm like no you got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to create, bring up issues that are important right. to the community, especially when it comes radio is very community based. Yeah, right. And right, if, right. if you're going to bring me into a meeting, I'm not going to be quiet because obviously if I'm in that meeting, I'm needed, you yeah. know, but it's always translated as like, Oh, you're too intense. You're too much. You got too much to say. And you're like, you know what? Two fingers in the air. I'm going to create my own destiny and my own journey. Yes, That's yes. really what it came down to. And this is why I think, Kasuzi, we have so much fun with the podcast because it's like yeah. no one's telling us right. what we can and can't say or do. Yeah. And if you don't like what we have to say, then don't advertise on the podcast. Right. Don't even tune in, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's what I love <laughs> about that's what I love, you. I've loved about you from the beginning is you are super outspoken. And I mean, I, I have a, my voice isn't as dynamic but the person the loudest person does get heard and i think it's a great thing especially if you know how to use that for people's for for being fighting for a great cause or like standing up for people look for that voice that's the voice that leads so but i think that's what you are doing like people don't know you we're gonna get into that yeah we are do you have a highlight or a rant honey oh okay highlight or rant (laughs) of the week nadine velasquez the stage is yours ah do I have a rant this week? Um, or a highlight, something dope. Can I rant on myself? Yes. Yeah, girl. Yes. Anything is valid. So Go. This my, is the place my to rant do that. is I'm single and 
Um, I was in a relationship that was going a certain way and then it's shifted and so my heart hurts. Like it's I've been in a lot of heartache. Oh, it's eight. How long was your relationship? Um, three years. It's not over. It's just shifted a lot. Oh, okay. Um, okay, explain that. It's I not know. over, but it's shifted. I don't know if I want to explain it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's yeah, see. Yeah, it's let's too see. fresh still. Let's if see if in the a podcast I will. But right this moment, I don't want to explain it. Just trust me that okay. it was going a certain way because of the quarantine, because he has a family. That's important. The COVID quarantine thing, he's had to decide where he's going to spend his time oh okay so it's because you know what the thing is is like you can't really argue with the whole covid thing because some people really take a stand and like no this is, a stand this has is, to be made yeah this is where i am and like I've, I've invited a few people over for my birthday and they're like well i can't go if no one's gonna be wearing if, if everyone's gonna not be wearing a mask i can't be there because of my parents they're high risk and you gotta respect I know. where i'm coming from Roxy. yeah like, well then don't fucking come exactly i still love you though i know and it sucks because you end up your friend, you can't spend the ho- you know, you can't spend your birthday with that friend who you love because it's, it's okay. It's diff- They're gonna miss out anyways. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> but the quarantine um, thing did, like you said, it's it separated. Pe- it separates people, yeah. and so go ahead. Wait, I feel like you have something great. To Maybe say. he doesn't understand, which we've talked about this before. Let me ask you: Is he Latino? No. Oh, okay. We just I find a lot that people don't understand that when you take on a partner, that becomes your family now. Yeah. And your parents and your siblings and your nieces and like those are now your relatives. And actually people get pissed off when they And say I that. love when Susie says that. Susie's taught me that too. Yeah. That's so true. I, I feel my that way. priority is my husband and my kids. Of course. And my extension from that. But I think it's my different mom, when you have a boyfriend. They don't I mean Yeah, but if you don't establish that knowledge now, then there won't be boundaries in the future and he or she will always think that they can always shove you to the side as yeah. their partner to go and let mom and dad or brother or sister take precedence. And that's not true. Like that's really important to establish that in the dating relationship. Yeah. How do you establish that so clearly, Susie, for all the single people listening? Like you say it. How? Like this is without sounding like, damn, this bitch is demanding. No, I think I know what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. it's it's more of an invitation, right? You like you show it through your being. Yes. You show you it. You show it. You become that for that person. And then it becomes like the thing that we just do. Yes. I'm going to your family's house and bringing food over. Uh, bring your family over here. You know what I mean? You you're the invitation for that. You don't even have to have a conversation. I about did it. vocalize it, though. Oh, okay. Because when you vocalize it, it is black and white. Yeah. There's no guessing of where Susie stands or where Mel stands or whoever it is. You yeah, know? I'm not saying it's either or, but I'm also saying like it, it actions and doing it and in yeah. your being, you get to show that too. Now, I just want to say that I would do all of that. It's just a complicated situation. Yeah. Oh, and COVID you know, did add there's a layer children of- involved. Um, he's very, uh, um, uh, he's a beautiful father. But COVID did something where it was like the family, even though there were beginning to accept my relationship with him and all that they needed him the Mm. tribe needed him the group needed him as the leader you know it's just complicated when you're that rooted with somebody when you're that invested in somebody for years and you've raised and you've done you don't there is no just breaking off there's a learning of adjustment how to be how to be with this and this it's like it all gets so integrated it gets integrated it doesn't get cut off and that's that was the thing that i i I knew that, but I experienced it. I yeah. experienced it. And so I was like, oh, shit. 
it's a motherfucking pandemic and I just got <laughs> left off the boat. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna die. Stop like, it. This, no, but this is what was happening internally and it was just like, it highlighted, it highlighted the the pain, the, the, the worry that I had about this relationship got hey, real. Listen, it got real. Maybe this was God Ooh. ripping that wide open for you to see. I'm sure. That... As, as beautiful as that may have been or as much hope as you thought that there was there, maybe he's not the one. Right. And that's painful. So I could understand why your heart Nadine's hurt. Nadine's like, you know? right. Uh, no, but with that, with that, with but, that energy behind it, like, damn. I know. Damn. I mean, because it sucks. And, but so, let me Susie's tell you. notoriously known for keeping it 100 but, like that. But, 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 but it didn't break me to the point where that's where I'm Good. standing. It, it could eventually be there's something absolutely shifted in me and i'm more of like oh i'm in reality but it didn't mm. do enough uh, to make me like unlove or decide not to be in the relationship anymore it's just it is what it is Let i hate saying you. that but it is what it is and i'm in it is what it is yeah i'm not fighting it i'm not mad at it anymore it's more like i'm a little bit mourning and i'm a little empowered yeah it's, wow it's interesting that's where you got to be right now yeah you know you i could see the empowerment in that because you you're there by choice now that's powerful Not because you have to mm -hmm. um but uh, let me tell you as a divorced woman mm -hmm. now i've i am divorced mm -hmm. and it's been many years in between but there is a clear disconnection mm -hmm. and oh we, yeah we often commingle because mm -hmm. i've been a dope ass co-parent that's awesome and we are a team <laughs> But when you see my ex-husband, my husband and I in a room, you know where my loyalty is. Right. My yeah. loyalty is to my husband. No right, doubt. Right, right. And I I appreciate my ex-husband because with him, without him, I wouldn't be a mama to to my son. Um, but the the distinction is clear. So my husband has never had to felt had to feel threatened by that relationship. And if my ex-husband was drowning. I would throw him a life vest, but I wouldn't jump in to save him. Get it? <laughs> yeah. If my husband was drowning, I would jump in to save him. Yeah. So at some point, and I don't know, obviously, the, the guts of this relationship, but at some point, you do make a distinction and you do choose yeah. a side or the other. But it gets so complicated, especially if the littles yes. are still little, you know? I know. You see, this goes back to I why know. I keep my stance on why I prefer. This goes, remember that episode man. we had with Julissa? I prefer no, with no kids. a man with no kids because it could, it could get really complicated. It does. It does. I, it There's no get, way around and it. And as much as people be like, oh, well, you know what, Rock? I don't care. I don't care. This is what my heart desires. And I pray to God. And lately I've been getting on my knees because mm. I pray to God so strongly God, you know exactly what I need. Right. And I desire a man that doesn't have children because I want to be the first one to give him a baby. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. And my perspective is a little different than yours because I am a mom. Yeah. That's and it. I would have hated kids, somebody to If I had me. kids. I actually don't, I actually respect it because even though it's, it didn't go, or the COVID experience, the quarantine experience did not. All I'm going to say is let fuck me just COVID. Say it, it did not fuck go COVID. in my favor. I can't stand COVID. But it did because you're learning. Okay, yes, but I was very much alone and crying every Aww. moment of the day. Those Aww. long ass days of COVID. Um, 
But I will say that there is a respect that I have for a man who chooses his children over and over and yeah. over again. I think it's fucking beautiful. It is. It is. And I wouldn't mind being a mom, a stepmom to children with a man who that devoted. Like that's sexy to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. A but good dad is so sexy. Sexy. I would choose a well, good dad. Well, we have our dad present in our life. So we, 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 we know what it is to have a daddy that you know that we could call like i call my dad the other day it's amazing on advice on like a jeep that i wanted to buy and it you know it feels so good to know like because there's literally women out there that can never experience what it is to pick up a phone and be like hey daddy i'm about to buy a car what do you think about this price this interest there's women i i can't even imagine being that girl that can't pick up the phone to call my dad to be like daddy what do but you think about so this right. but there's so many women that can't do that i know it's very that's crazy so that is attractive but i still desire a man that doesn't have kids <laughs> but if sure. you do i gotta be number one i mean number n- number one of your kids but i gotta be the queen after your kids listen right. and i've said this before but when i met mel i was a mom i was working and going to school mel was a father of three he was he owns his own business he was coaching um his youngest son's team but they met on the football spite, field girl in spite of all that i had the huevos the balls to tell him i don't play second best mm. so i'm not sure what that looks like for mm. you on your end but i have to always feel like i'm priority mm-hmm. even though Straight logically up. i know mm-hmm. you have three kids you have a business you you coach like even though i know logically i won't always be but if you make me feel like i am if i feel like you're prioritizing me like you love me i love you so much Susie. but let me just go take care of this but in the meantime like here's a a cute text here's something yes. to let me know i and, and i just left it on the table and i was like i don't know what that looks like for you and i didn't say it like a dick but I was like, I don't know what that looks like for you. But just for me, what I've learned about myself is that this is what I respond to. So now it's balls in your court. And yeah, we'll no. see how that goes. That's, and that's powerful. And yeah. I think that is important. There's I, 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 you know, I have to do more inner work to find out why that's been not been addressed for me. You know what Ooh, I mean? You know what? Speaking of diving deeper, I want to definitely touch on this new um, online Brave Women series that you've developed and launched, which is talking about healing from trauma. Yes. Right. I want to talk about that. And we also want to talk about this new show that you just sold to Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're starring in it and it's it being executive produced by you and Will Smith. Woo-hoo! And I'm writing it. And you're writing it. I mean, there. That's amazing. That's a whole lot of. That's a whole lot of power. Yes. That's a whole lot of like we about to be seen, girl. <laughs> so coming back, we're talking about that on Sister Sister the podcast. You're listening to Sister Sister the podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're back, Nadine. Listen, the conversations off the air. <laughs> One day, I just want to like <laughs> attach a recorder to myself, to Susie, and to any guests that we have here, because this is where we really get like all the juice. Yeah, is off the well, air. we're pretty lit on air. I know but there's we are. A few little tidbits that just because we are ladies, we we gotta keep private. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, pri- a private life is a private life. Yes, I've always been an advocate for that. So, Nadine, yeah, you. I love the fact that you were raised in Humble Park in Chicago. I did radio in Chicago. You did? For a year and a half. So you know Humble Park? I love Humble Park. I love, I lived on the north side. Okay. 
And I love how the north side is like a lot of Puerto Ricans. Mm -hmm. The south side is a lot of Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And I just that's one of my favorite cities. Mm -hmm. Chicago was as dangerous as people think it is. I my life was never in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you just sold your first TV comedy series to Showtime. Okay, like as a first time creator and star of your own show, Latina, like Latina, Latina, like Latina, Latina. It's it may also be L.A. Tina. It just depends on how we develop the scripts. Um, my goal is to have it be L.A. Tina. Yeah. So you feel like it's L.A. Tina or it could be Latina. I like La, like Latina. Yeah. Like Tina. What's up, but it Tina? might be spelled depending on how it goes. You know, L.A. The right. L.A. symbol and then Tina. I like Ooh, that. I like that. However way you slice it, it still says you Latina. Like exactly. <laughs> and so listen, you're also, so you wrote it, executive producer and also executive producer Will, Will Smith. Smith. And Frankie Shaw. Girl. From Smilf. Okay, let's talk about this. How did that even happen? Exactly. How did you, how, how were you able to enroll Will Smith into your show idea? And Frankie Shaw. And Frank, yeah. How much time you have? A lot. <laughs> this is our show. This is your show. We have all day. So I quit acting after I did a series called Six on history, on the History Channel. I went went for two years. I went from living in North Carolina to living in Canada, um, Vancouver. And so while I was filming the last or the end season of Six, I was already planning leaving acting. And why? Because I was over it. I was just over it. What turned you off about it? I don't know how to tell you this, but... I was just tired, tired. Mm. Okay. I'm tired. I feel that. I'm, you know, getting older. I knew the series was going to end to go back out there and do it again. And like just feeling so out of control and so useless. Honestly, mm-hmm. I felt like there wow. was way more to me than just auditioning for my next gig that would basically take me who knows where. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even like these places that I was living in. Also, but as I'm getting older, I want to feel more rooted, more grounded, more like not so easily going with the wind yeah so that's an actor's life a lot of times you got to go where the gig takes you exactly but and i didn't have a family right i don't have my own family and i was just over it and when i came back um on top of it all i had broken up with one of the my my latest boyfriend who happened to be one of the producers on that show um and i thought when we were together i thought you know I want to stop breaking up with people (laughs) like I want to start a family with someone. He lived in San Diego, so I would go to San Diego a lot. And I just really had to look at my life and go, okay, if you did want to settle down, is he truly the one you would want to settle down with? And I was like, hell no, he really isn't. And are those self-talks amazing? There was. Yes. And I was like, and where do you want to live? It, It just was one of those moments where I was like, how do I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. Self-analyzation is like major. It's and, a beautiful thing. And I, it was scary though. I was like, fuck, not at all how I'm living it. Yeah. So I ended up getting a gig uh, called, uh, sorry, a gig with David Ayer. Not a gig, a movie. I a got movie. cast on Bright, okay, with David Ayer. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Will. And that was my first season of history after my first season of six on history i got that job so i met will there and we became friends and so by the second season when it was over 
um will and i had lunch and he was like and i told him i don't want to i don't want to act anymore and he's like why and i'm like i just don't he's like what are you what are you gonna do with yourself and I said, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go live in Chicago and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to move back in with my family. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I'm going to do. And how old were you at this point? 39. Mm-hmm. 40. I think it was 40. It was 40. I only asked that because a lot of people think that once they get past a certain threshold, yeah. that they cannot reinvent themselves. Yeah. No, I think it was 30. God, was that that's 39 the most 41 now. beautiful thing is to reinvent yourself. Oh my God. I was just having a conversation with one of my girls about that. She's like... Like you always say, Roxy, reinvent yourself. And I was like, I do always fucking say that, huh? Because that's all I've had to do. Right. To create myself and keep a flow. Over and over again, yeah. Oh my god! not just that. Like, in you talking right now, I can see in, like, your growth with yourself is, like, tangible. Yeah. So <laughs> we have to reinvent ourselves because we evolve. But yeah. how beautiful if everybody truly understood the, the power of reinventing yourself. Yes. Yeah. For okay. sure. Maybe. I mean, so this is what I'm doing. And he says, um, what would you want to do? Right. Like if you if this you, is Will Smith. Talking yeah, to you. If you could do and you know, Will Smith, he's like the most empowering guy ever. He is. Yeah. The last time I had just, lunch with him, he was amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes you look at your life. And I have so many great moments to tell you about him. God, you're going to get so give excited. Us give I'm going to give you it. I'm going to give it to you. So he goes, um, if you could write your life right now, like what would you want to do? just whatever you want. I said, I've always wanted to create my own show. I want, I, and I, and I did, I tried, I tried to enroll a bunch of producers for a long time on this dope ass project with these dope ass girls, actresses who, who I met on real husbands of Hollywood. And I just couldn't get to the fucking next level with it. Like mm. I would enroll they people. They would, they would buy into your, yeah, they, like, I had the cast and I had, I had the cast and for sometimes I had a showrunner, mm -hmm. but then something would happen and then they just wouldn't be as committed. And then I just couldn't get to the network. I just couldn't get to selling it for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was so frustrating and I did it for like four years. Um, in my mid thirties. And so when he asked me that, I was like, look, I always wanted to have my own show. I see myself as a producer. I think I'm going to be a dope ass producer if I had a shot and I want, I, I, I want to write my own stuff and act in my own stuff. If I'm going to do this thing, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And he goes, you know, he asked me what would I, what I, what would I write? And I said, I would write a semi autobiographical story about my life and how, you know, it would be a comedy. But it would be... Heavy. Isn't all of our lives a comedy? It's a comedy. It really yeah. is. Sometimes it's a tragic comedy, but nonetheless... It's a tromedy. <laughs> yes. Our life is tromedy. a tromedy. <laughs> so um, I would write that about a girl who is coming home after years of overcoming some trauma or trauma that she hasn't faced that she's that she needs to face once she goes home right it was parallel to my life like because yes. i was going home to face some stuff and just like this hasn't worked out so maybe the root of my problem is back home and maybe if i solve it at home i'll understand where i'm oh my gosh that to is go to so next powerful gosh. so then he's I like that he got behind this project because people need to see this they're going to relate to you on so many levels. Thanks. Thanks, Susie. Yeah. So hold so 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 Will Smith So he said if you write it, I'll he says if you go ahead and write that that movie, I will executive produce it. <gasps> Just like I that. See. Just like that. I said, Are you serious right now? Over a salad. And he said, I'm serious right now. <gasps> go write it. And I was like, Can I talk to you throughout the process? He's like, You have access to me however you need. Go do it. But 
then then i find out he's done this for people he believes in people he really believes in he's is such a supporter him and his family are such a supporter of people and artists and like they're like championing you and they're just amazing so and that's how it should be i know he's like all about artists he wants to see artists win each one teach one i feel like i'm the same way i like to see people win you know one of my homegirls she has two sisters that are teenage girls and she's like they have a voice roxy and i said hey how about i produce their podcast for them right and she's like what and i said yeah let's talk about it exactly but you know i think a lot of people are so used to coming across other people that are don't want to see you win that when you do come across people that do want to help you win you're like are you for reals (laughs) are you really gonna help me like i you know i'll commit to this yeah (laughs) you know because i really want to make this happen yeah and i knew it i knew with his name backing me up that it would just change things but i also knew that i had the talent to deliver yeah so yeah i went and i did my script and i showed it to him and he was like all right it needs some work but i'm gonna get you a producer so he brought some other guy on who's a producer on my show now mike socio and he's like and we're we're gonna flesh this out we're gonna do a table read and we're gonna get it right because at the end of the year you're gonna go and sell this yes and girl. i was like yes we are so of course i took the whole year and i worked on it completely in and out learning how to write a script learning how to use final draft um watching tv shows to understand like what my character who my character is exactly and you're gonna and be starring in your own show that you wrote yeah oh my so, god how authentic is that gonna be and let me tell you he was like at the end of the year you're gonna sell, sell the show everything he said has happened and when like we, a walking vision board when we went but he 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 didn't do it for god, me he was just like i'm here he was coaching you he's coaching me. coach smith i did a coach smith i went we did the the meetings and it was ultimately it was me selling to the executives and they and then oh so can i, I ask you were the executives all white um most of the time most of the time yeah most of the time um but we just so that process is a whole nother thing but when he said when when the script was done we were clear that we were ready to go uh, sell this thing he was like who would you want as your ideal person to be this the showrunner and what is a showrunner a showrunner is the person who basically is going to run the show she's going to hire call shots she's on gonna the show hire all the writers she's going to oversee everything it's she's a like very important person to okay. any tv show well i'm not in the and, entertainment right. industry so i don't know these and terms. most of the time a they're white won't most of the time a network really won't give you your show unless they believe and seeing that showrunner already run a show so it's a okay. very sensitive like topic, the okay. showrunner and who. But the show there's runners. very few minority very few. showrunners. Just so you know, in Hollywood, it's probably like five percent. I mean, showrunners. I, I, I personally feel, and and I have a lot of white friends, but nonetheless, as a minority woman, I feel like the glass ceiling for any person of color is so thick. Mm-hmm. So I celebrate when people of color can step into these roles. So is your pr- showrunner? A person of color? No, but but Frankie Shaw is a young she so basically she created Smilf. Oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. I'm not familiar with Smilf. So she created Smilf on Showtime as okay. well. And she's writer, director, producer, everything. But they no, gave her she's a shot still the first time. A minority because she's a woman. She is. She's yes. a woman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's a woman. Show but her do- show is the dopest thing ever and it was so diverse. So when I watched it Smilf. for the first time. Is it still on there? Can I go watch it? You still? can watch it on Showtime. It's not currently running anymore, but her two seasons are she only got two seasons okay but 
it was the best thing ever because when I saw her billboard before I did my show or right around the same time that Will has said, go write your show. I remember the billboard spoke to me one time when I was driving. It was like, if she can do it, I can do it. It was like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I would see her. I would see we her need billboards. more examples like that, that feel that, that makes people feel if she could do, do it, it, I, I could, could do, do it. it. Yeah. I feel like we need more of that in the world. Yes, we do. So. I, and that's also if you're in tune with your purpose, right? Because yes. I think I was opening up to my purpose. So then a billboard would talk to me. Of course right. it would, right? But you were open. So I would see her billboard everywhere. And I started following her on social media. And I was like, wow, I really I'm going to do that right now. Wait, hold know. on. What's your social media? Because we all want to follow somebody that's going to give us inspiration. What is it? Frankie Shaw. Frankie, just like regular Frankie. F-R-A-N-K-I-E. Mm-hmm. And then what's okay? S what is it? S H A W. Okay, she's verified. Okay, seventy four point <laughs> seven thousand followers. I'm following her now. Okay. Okay. Boom. And by the way, she's since sold three other shows. That girl. Damn. A okay, this right bitch now. is a beast. So she came from nowhere, literally, and Showtime gave her a shot. Gosh. That's right, Frankie. Get so it, Frankie. Will was like, "Who do you want?" I said, "Frankie Shaw." He said, "Do you know her personally?" I said, "No, but I know my acting coach." coached her she used to be in class so i went he's like okay try to get get a hold of get a hold of frankie so i love that he <laughs> made you accountable for everything you wanted everything. he didn't take this and run away with right. it he empowered you and encouraged you to go out there and do it yourself because how rewarding is that i know how fucking rewarding <laughs> is that oh nadine I'm just so grateful if for you're him. gonna cry i'm gonna cry nadine <laughs> oh, i've been a cry baby lately <laughs> we're all i i see somebody crying i'm like oh my god they're gonna I die know. <laughs> That's amazing. No, no, I, I feel like there's so much power in that, you know, yeah. as in as I'm in the artistic world and it would be so different if somebody came in and just did the work for me. Yeah. Instead of actually taking the time to embolden me to do it for myself. And I yes. feel as you're talking, I feel like he emboldened you yeah. so much. And you already believed in yourself because you were bold enough to say it. Right. But he just put you over the top like you were like king kong like oh yeah no what i tell him is like the fact that god brought you to me god. to stand on your shoulders there are no mistakes like and you said go ahead stand on my shoulders is like who fucking gets that but then mm. also frankie too like i can't like the whole way it all unfolded was just so magnificent because i got a hold of her through my acting coach and she, my acting coach asked if she could text her. This girl's doing a show. And she said yes. She could have been a snob. She could have right. said no. She could have not been interested. But she probably respects your acting coach. I don't know. But she was open. Well, she also knew that Will was attached too. So she came in to see. Oh, she tells the story. Like, what is all this about? You know? Right. Yeah. And she said and when she saw us sitting there and, and how passionate everybody was over it, she was like, I want to give you a shot too because somebody gave me a shot too. God. I was a newcomer and nobody knew who the hell I was. And she was like why not let's get behind this yeah so we I created our team love that so we created our team and then we we all decided where we were gonna go and she was like i because at first i wanted to enroll her as a co-writer to write it with me and then she said no i think you need to write this yourself you need to take all get all the credit for it i don't want the credit for it she's like i just want to support you because that's what i'm about so I, I attracted like her and frankie i can't even i mean Will, Will and, and Frankie, Frankie, two people who were just like encouraging me and like firing up my wings to just go be amazing and, and share like your story. honest. And I and then we went to Netflix. I mean, it was just the best thing ever. And Showtime bought it 
five minutes after we walked out we weren't even what? out of the parking lot five what? girl yes. i just the got the chills offered. from that yeah oh, oh my god. god hey we call that the truth bumps we got that a goosebumps we call them truth bumps girl when you get the chills it's the truth it's the tr- we got it two offers truth. we had two offers to choose from after that congratulations. experience congratulations that's yeah. amazing I what know. i want people to take from this is some people may think because of their humbly humble beginnings that dreaming this big is impossible and it's pointless and why waste my time nobody's gonna invest right. in me and that's not the truth right you know i'm not familiar with chicago and i don't know what See, yes, we're park. going to chicago okay yeah. but i <laughs> don't gotta know. go to chicago before the year is over i'm down let's okay. go tomorrow listen i'm not I'm sure like, i don't know what humble park is what it looks like if it's a affluent neighborhood if it's more of a non-affluent neighborhood but it's, it's a not. real neighborhood. Yeah. It's a real it's neighborhood. A hood. You see? Humble Park is like so the how many real people, people from the barrios, from the hoods, from the projects have these huge dreams. giant dreams. I know. And think that because of their beginnings, they're not worthy, they're not capable. You know, and you could have easily, easily I mean, I was succumbed even- to that. And I and I and there because were times where I battled you. that. Yeah. Of course. I, mean, I mean I was going back home because I stopped believing in in the business in but, a way but when you have the greats of will smith or frankie shaw back you and even challenge you to go ahead and do this i got i believe in you go ahead and do it girl though. you're yeah. about to make humble you know Park what i'm saying proud. like you can give you're giving women minorities every children the hope that they can do it too mm-hmm. this is just the beginning mm-hmm. and you've already made huge giant strides mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's amazing I know. Oh my God! And I, even though you say you like you're overacting, um, you're about to it's it like it's about to go down. But I really want to talk about brave women. Wait, wait, wait! Before we go, that here's okay. the best story. Let's tell so us. It was between Showtime and another network, and when we were about to make the decision, because at every level I'm going to get scared, right? Of course, there's, yeah. there's fear. That's fear yeah. of losing it. Fear of everything. Um, I'm like, what if they, what if Showtime makes it and doesn't pick it up? You know, Showtime is known for buying very few shows. Um, and the shows that they do be, they buy so few because they're really only going to put maybe one on the air, maybe one or two on the air. Um, they're just known for being a really tough network. And these, this other one is giving a whole bunch of shows opportunities right now. Right. Um, I don't want to say which one it was. But, yeah, don't. They're not paying us. But I started feeling like <laughs> I started feeling like I don't like we just crossed this new threshold. But the other the, the next threshold can end very quickly. Right. If they don't pick up the show on air. Right. It still needs to be tested. It still needs to go through the through the channels. And I said, I think I want to go with the one where I'm most likely to get on air. Where right? it's more Picked safe. Up. Yeah. And he goes, cool. another Will? pivotal Will? moment. Yeah, this goes well. And he's like. If you had a magic wand, where would you go? I was like, absolutely showtime. He's like, you always shoot your best shot. Like, never not shoot your best shot. Of course. And it was just so clear. Oh but my it's like, God. I love that idea. Sh- always shoot your fucking best shot. Like, yes. why would you do that to yourself? But so uh, why would you go small and safe? Why are you making me when cry you so much? Go. Yeah, we're balling. <laughs> we're a mess today. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful mess. But God. how many people? I love Will the- Smith <laughs> now more than I already yeah. did. How many people take the easier route because it's sure, and they play themselves and they or they cut themselves short because they would rather go here for fifty cents on the dollar. Than to go there, that's a little bit more scary and get 
a dollar ten on the dollar. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's also no guarantee that this other easier version or this other safer version would even deliver like of course and could you imagine if i went to that and it didn't and i'd be like i would have never known what my best shot would be because i never took it you yeah. always shoot your best shot oh i tell my, my kids God. that all the time it's he was dope. literally the wing beneath your wings yeah like when you doubted yourself he was like <sighs> underneath <laughs> you like nope you keep on going oh that's amazing. oh my god yeah. like i literally love the smiths yeah. but after hearing the story like it doesn't surprise me that will smith the things you're saying about will smith it doesn't surprise me and it, you know if shit if i was jada married to a man like that i, I would do everything to make that marriage work yeah and, and apparently I, they absolutely. have i mean why so it's listen. worth it when somebody's worth fighting for i'm gonna fight he's amazing i need to marry a man like that that's yes it. you that do would be nice. will smith can you clone yourself but listen how many people don't necessarily have Will Smith, right? The brand. Yeah. But they have a version of Will oh, Smith. Oh, yeah. Life. An and uncle they, or somebody. Yes. Just, you need anyone who believes in you. Just keep talking to that person. I remember when I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, Tony Robbins said, go to the, whatever you want to do, go to the person who's a master at it. Go to the person who does it the best. Uh. And so when Will came along, I was like, wait a minute. He knows comedy the best. I want to do comedy. Like this told it like it was all clicking in. And then when it came to Frankie, it was like she knows how to do a new first time new show the best. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because she just did it like, yeah, this is her experience. So that just has always stuck with me. I'll go to the person who does it the best. Work under the person who does it the best. Interview the person who does it the best. Like yeah. because they have the experience that they could give it to you in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sis, I love this podcast. Oh, my God. I see. We get to talk to and meet and interview the most dope people from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And because talking about relationships and love, and obviously that's great too. And it's, it's relationships are everyday thing, but talking about dreams and goals and career and paths, I don't think there's enough. There's not enough jar, um, verbiage out there. Like too many people don't focus on that. Yeah. You know they're I mean? more, they're more consumed in a relationship than they are. Like what's really going to feed Like you know what it is? I I've always come down to this. A lot of people are not purpose driven mm -hmm. and I've always, and I don't even know, where do you think, you know, I don't even know necessarily where that came from for me, mm -hmm. but from a young age, I've been purpose driven mm -hmm. without knowing, right? Susie, without yeah. knowing that I was purpose driven, I was like, mm -hmm. I always, knew that I had to do something that impacted in people and the world. Yeah. Like it was, and she I was actually annoying as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but I, cause I didn't myself understand so it, you know? Yeah. yeah but, but she's it, always been so steadfast. I've never been that girl. That's like after the dollar, you, yeah. you know, per se, like there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, cash rules, everything around me. And that, and it's just like, that's cool. But what the fuck is your purpose? Like, yeah. what are people really going to remember you by? Yes, make your money along the way. Money always helps the situation. But when you do things from a purpose, oh, man. Yeah. It is so much more fulfilling personally. And the world that opens up to you. And the world that opens it up opens to you. Up. It opens up. It's like the, it's not a joke. It really does open up. And the yeah. way you impact the world that is going to, like, that is what's going to be talked about after you when you pass. Like everybody talks about Kobe because of how they felt impacted right, by right. him. You know what I mean? Gone too soon. Absolutely. 
But listen, coming back, I want to talk to you about this brave yes. woman movement and series that you've created because you're it's on beautiful. a roll. You're on a Thank roll, you. Nadine. I feel it. I feel. <laughs> Again. Go ahead, girl. Cry. Um, I just feel like I <laughs> there's was no mistake so, on our podcast. I was in such a just a dark place, right? Like I, I really was over it. I had accomplished certain things in my life. You know, by the time I was 30, I had a million dollars. I was on a hit show. I was married. I had the You were married? I was married. I I was married to a literary agent who was making a fucking ton of money too, and I was so unhappy. Oh my god! I was gosh. so unhappy. Because I was you like, weren't living purposefully. I'm like, this ain't my purpose. I have everything you could ask for, on and, paper, right? And I was, I would go on set, and I, as soon as they yelled cut and they did a turnover or whatever, I would go to my trailer and cry or sleep because I was so <laughs> depressed with myself. And depression, depression is a real thing oh that not gosh. enough people talk about, or they talk about it. In, in such a hopeless manner, you know, so being able to talk about it from a standpoint where you've lived it and you walk through it and now you're on the other side and you probably at times will still battle with it yeah. here and there because it's something that doesn't go away. Um, but to put it on the forefront and just have an honest conversation about it instead of like, ay, pobrecita, you know, conversation yeah. about it is so empowering. You're listening to Sister, Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. So let's talk about the brave woman movement you've started. Yes. Like, I know you went from like, I'm overacting. What made you tap into this whole movement of like the brave woman that is this, this is what it is. You know, it's it's brave women activating our feminine superpowers to create a fully expressed life. Like when you talk about creating a fully expressed life, that's a whole lot of work. Yes. That's a whole lot of healing. It's um, a whole lot of pain in the process. And that's a whole lot of like, let me turn the mirror on myself to see what the fuck I need to heal from, whether it's past trauma. What do you need if you have a fully expressed life? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a fully expressed life. You know, you've been documenting your own personal empowerment story from trauma to triumph. Mm -hmm. That's a shirt right there, girl. <laughs> from trauma to triumph. I feel like I need <laughs> I like a, that. I feel like I need that celebration emoji. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So you've been you've been documenting that on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. By the way, what is your Instagram so people can follow you? Because we're all about promoting the people yes. and the women that are on our show. What is Nadine your Instagram? Nadine Velasquez. Exactly. Nadine Velasquez. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And uh, so as a Latina, I love that you focus on empowering the Latina women, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? On like how to overcome trauma. Because listen, as much as Susie and I talk about healing from your past, mm -hmm. facing your demons, we always seem to get those emails of women that are just struggling mm -hmm. in that trauma mm -hmm. and how to release the trauma the how to like, is huge. the how to right so like you can hear it all day but if you don't know how to then you're never gonna do it so how do you learn the how to so that's what the show's about the show i'm interviewing right now latina at least 25 that's what latina women. is about no no oh sorry Lati okay latina on showtime is going to be about the first steps to, to healing Okay, so we're going to do it in a comedic way uh -huh. with the fat family, the Velez family, mm -hmm. who has all suffered through this one traumatic thing that happened to Tina, Tina Velez, mm -hmm. 20 years before. So when she comes back home, you're going to have the story is narrated by her 13 year old self. 
Ooh, oh my what gosh. I grew up, who I became. Okay, which okay. you know what I love that because a lot of times there's that's where there's starts. women that's where that starts. are stuck on that 13 year old girl that was getting sexually abused, that was getting bullied, that was getting misunderstood exactly. by her mom. So that's good yeah, that you're taking you gave it me back. Chills. I like that you understand it. We yes. do understand it yeah. because Susie and I listen. When I got my vision for my nonprofit organization for women, my sister was by my side and I said, "Sis," and she and she was right there to launch it with me. So we understand and we've heard it all. Yes. When it comes to, that's why, honestly, to be honest with you, I don't get really um, surprised when I hear traumatic stories. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I hear stories of like, Roxy, this is happening to me. I'm just like, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Because there's women that have it really bad Mm -hmm. and they've survived. Mm -hmm. So when I, when we hear women with victimized Mm -hmm. mentalities, we're like, bitch, we've known 20 women that have surpassed that and that are thriving. Right. But I love that with Amigas for My Soul and with the brave woman, there's platforms now that are addressing this. And one way or another, hopefully these women, these hurt women, these broken women, connect yes yeah so when you talk about the show then now you're talking about the brave woman so what so latina is is part of the brand that i'm creating um and brave women is basically me interviewing all these women who've overcome triumph um sorry trauma oh okay, okay. and i ask you because we're gonna have our interview yeah. how did you do that the how is I'm super here for it, girl. important because how do you get from here to here? And so you do it by telling your personal journey. And so I'll ask certain questions about, okay, what made you decide that? And that really is that really is the conversation when you're trying to heal, let's say, from an abusive relationship. Community is super important. Talking to Absolutely. somebody you totally trust is part of the healing process, is part of taking the steps. Getting into a domestic abuse organization where you maybe you could remain anonymous and gaining resources. You know what I mean? Knowing that you don't have to do it overnight. You can build yourself up to the courage to do that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And like that. And then hearing other women who have done it and are thriving. Like you said, you know, the the thriving is the most important key. So we don't want to just hear. I don't want to just hear a victim story. I want to hear how how were you a victim? How did you get out of the mindset from seeing yourself as a victim to becoming somebody who was empowered, who said, I can actually do this and then doing it and then yeah, changing it? Yeah, because you know what? The truth is, and Susie, we're a witness to this, a lot of a lot of women, and you know what? We're going to call it out like we see it. A lot of women thrive on the victim story. Yeah. Over and over and over. And you're like, bitch, shut the fuck up. But yep. let me tell what are you, you doing why? about this? But we learned that from Landmark. But let me tell you, well, Landmark is. Landmark is the best. I know. Landmark is a game God. changer. Landmark Teaching is... people about Landmark even. You know what oh. I mean? Like, you could go to Landmark. You can change your perspective on things in a weekend. Absolutely. Yes. Like, if you're paying Night attention. and day, if you're paying Landmark attention. Landmark was life altering. Yes. But let me tell you, I, I, I had a conversation recently with somebody who is an abusive relationship okay and she's mentally physically mentally mentally and emotionally okay but she's always sick and guess Mm. why Mm -hmm. because when she's sick quote unquote her husband is nicer to her right Mm. so she chooses she's a fucking hypochondriac that's amazing but that's amazing insight it works for her because when she's sick or when she's like when something's hurting her physically her husband backs down and he's nicer to her. So that is such a toxic cycle that they've created that she's picked up on when I'm sick, 
when something's wrong with me physically, he's not. Mean did to she me. admit? She, did she no. admit that, or you you picked that up on her? I came to it, okay. and when I brought it to her attention, she looked at me, and immediately she started to cry. Yeah, mm. and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like we we hit on something, but that's why it's so important like you said to have community yes because when you say things out loud yes especially when you talk to women who have been through the muck you get a different perspective and they can pick up i can pick up on bullshit yeah quick because i've lived it yep you know so and i'm really quick to say it yeah and sometimes i'm too quick to say it and shit like that happens like people start to cry and it's i'm like oh yeah. shit i didn't mean to hurt your feelings but most of the time it's like listen if you if you wouldn't have said what you said the green light wouldn't like that right that um connection yeah it wouldn't never have been made so this movement that you have going on yes the interviews with women that have been broken and are now whole yeah. even if your whole cracked right you're whole yeah whole you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah like have you ever seen the chinese people that um i think in the chinese culture they restore um, artifacts that have been cracked with gold. Yeah. Oh, how beautiful. Right. They restore it with gold I've because seen that. even though you're cracked, you're whole and you're still beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Right? I love yeah, that. preach it, sis. Yeah. yeah. That's it's the truth. La Susie. Okay. La Susie. Follow her. <laughs> follow her on Instagram at La Susie. La this, is, Susie. this is what happens when we drink amazing drinks. Shout Here. out to the bartender, Roxy. <laughs> Roxy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys don't know how alive, She's like having bartender. conversations like these make me. I love I'm it, sis. I women. love you and who you've become. Yeah, me too. I'm all for women that me are too. broken. <laughs> the modesty. Me too. <laughs> oh, say, this I'm is where, hey, listen, this is where we get it from, okay? No, but I, I'm, I love me too. I love, I love and I appreciate a woman that's broken. Yeah. But Ugh, from that brokenness because, comes beauty. Because I've been there. Yeah. You've been there. You've been there. All of us as women, if you're over... Um, 12 years old like <laughs> you've been broken real talk but if you've been able to rebuild yourself from that and come up from the ashes and then pay it forward even if you hurt even if it's you're not feeling fully full but you overcome something that's huge that's so yeah. valuable it's yep. huge it's and like i don't think people give themselves enough credit you know what i mean because i don't know i think culturally there's some kind of glory that people give you for staying in that broken place. Well, I think also in the in our like for me being Latina, that is the story. Poor me. I'm sorry. Oh, it is. I'm sick oh, of that. Oh my narrative. god. I'm sick. El doctor. Ay, es que la policía and the, el abogado. And it's like always no resources. Poor me. Poor me. Poor, poor me, me. And I can't because I don't have enough money or I don't know those people or they don't speak my language. Like it's a very victim story. And I used to get so where, where angry at my parents from? for where it. Where do you think that comes from? Because I'm tired of the victim story. I don't know, but it's very prominent. Like I remember when I was a kid, I was sexually abused. We went through the the, the trial. You were. Yeah, we went by. Oh, you guys went to trial. Yeah, we went to. Trial. We don't ask by who, bitch. That I want to know. I mean, I but was it an uncle? Was it was it a-, a family friend who okay. was also my teacher. So wow, it's all. Uh, he was very close to our family, and he- you know what? Give me a high five because you, as a little girl, had a, the balls to speak up, and your parents believed you. Well, it's a little different. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Let me just drink my drink. I was groomed to believe that I was in a relationship with him. So he was going to be my husband. It's a way more Wait, convoluted what? and Oh, up. like arranged marriage type situation? Well, he just made me believe that 
we were in love and so we named our children and we planned our whole future and i was nadine you are an entire movie okay bitch uh, I'm, I'm a just like nadine the movie no hold on coming soon how old were you <laughs> so this is this what latina's about i was 12 when it first started and, and i was with him till i was 15 <gasps> and he made you believe all that oh yeah oh yeah and then he denied me and said I made it all up. So when that happened, the, I think the part that was the most fucked up for me psychologically was when he said, you're lying, you're a liar. To me, to me. And Nadine, so, I'm available in one hour. Do you want to go fuck him up? <laughs> <laughs> Just Listen, kidding. That's we've healed. <laughs> we've healed. So, but if you need me, you know where to find me. <laughs> I know where to find you. Hey, maybe I might take you off on that offer. No, um, that is crazy. So, but so, like, I'm thinking right now as you're as you're speaking this, like, how many women can relate to your story? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of women have the balls to say what you're saying. Mm. A lot of women will live with this mm. burden, this mm. cross of a of 150 pounds. I know. For life. The other day, this girl wrote to me saying. Oh gosh, she poured her heart out to me on Snapchat. Are we gonna cry again? No, <laughs> I you think guys so. She, she, a lot she poured her heart out to me on Snapchat, <laughs> and she said, "I've never told this to anybody, but for some reason, I wanted to tell you this, Roxy." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And their moms don't believe them. Oh. What's up with moms not I believing know. your daughter that is telling you the fucking truth that I they have an abuser? I, I, I listen. I'm gonna tell you right now the percentages of moms that are in denial in denial when their daughters tell them the truth about an abusing situation yeah. is unreal it is unreal nobody's talking about this i know nobody's I know. talking about well this. i commend you nadine because it takes a lot of guts to tell your own truth because you know that in speaking your own truth you will touch yes so many women absolutely and that's that's the whole right like if i turn your pain into power like that's the whole thing so yeah. so back to the the idea of the victimhood like when we were going to court i at first i didn't want i didn't want my parents to press charges i was trying to protect him and my parents were so enraged they were like blah 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 you were doing this so i had to i had a state's attorney i had to answer all the questions i did everything so i was in an internal conflict of protecting him and loving him and also needing my dad to protect me because mm -hmm. the community turned against us they threatened to burn our house my sister and i got beat up my best friend and i got beat up the whole the community that we grew up in because in chicago i went to the same school my parents met at so that's how in in humble park that's how close we were to his mom was the the uh principal you know what I mean? I was I also cannot. a cheerleader. He was also the basketball coach, aside from being my, you know, teacher from other studies and being a family friend. That the whole that they they basically it was like a witch hunt, really, when it came out. I was seen as the Lolita, the promiscuous one, the one I who cannot. made it up, the one who lied. So I left early because it was too much. And on top of it, I was still missing him because I was in love with in him. In love with him, right. Wow. And what a I needed my dad to protect me. And listen, I needed did you my dad show, to protect me. When did you show me. air? I'm subscribed. <laughs> yeah, listen, right now. We, we, so <laughs> we need a release date. When we went now. to court, when we went to court, uh, I remember the state's attorney that was given to me, I felt like she didn't care. And I, I talked to my- your, You felt your attorney didn't care? Yeah, no, because it's given to you. The state's attorney is given right, to you. Public defender. And I noticed that my parents weren't speaking up when I was like, 
I, I don't feel like she's looking at me. I don't feel like she's talking to me. And I noticed in my own 13 year old way, right, or 15 year old way that there was something very, like that Latinos didn't really believe that they had power. They were just letting and the, I think the, that's the state still have true this power. Today. But we were a family that was severely affected and we were letting this white woman basically tell us how we were going to keep approaching this. And my parents never asked any questions. And I remember being like, why are you so fucking weak to my dad? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Where Where is your manhood? Like, why aren't you protecting the family? Why aren't you asking questions? Why am I taking charge? Have you and had so, this talk with him oh, like yeah. since then? Oh, yeah, yeah. And what did he say? Like, what did he say? Um, wow. Okay. So years later when I was, um, so I, so at that moment he was like, calmate, calmate, right? Like, don't make noise. Don't make a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like he, who, who was saying this? My your dad. dad, your dad. And I was like, this bitch doesn't even look at me. Like I went off. Right? Girl, I promise you, if I would have been your mom, I know that bitch would have been rolled Susie, up. Yeah. She would have been <laughs> rolled up. And I'm like so invested in this right now. I want to know. Her so he was like, asked her to give us some time. And he was telling me, que me calme and the whole thing. And, Really, there was no resolution because there was never any resolution. But years later, when I became an actress and I was working on a movie in Indiana, I asked my parents to come visit me. And I basically I was I was starting the healing journey then. But it was it was not a soft journey. It was I was aggressive. I was now was I was angry. I was just angry. Okay. I had had carried this pain for so many years and I was so unhappy with the fact that they didn't protect me, my parents, Mm -hmm. as parents. Right. Forget the system and all of that. Just... Where where's my mom? But you know what? A lot of a lot of a lot of people that have been abused go through this. They go through this. Because we've heard through this. We've heard this on in Amigas for My Soul conferences workshops like mm. my mom didn't believe mm-hmm. that but her parents believed her yeah but they just didn't they swept it under the rug ah that's what just it is like don't tell the let's not talk about it in the church let, this is over when it was over it was over we're not talking but about it's not over but it's not over right like they literally were treating me like a child and i'm like i've sucked a dick i right. fucked <gasps> a man like i'm not a child anymore you can't just do you know how do that from to a me. parent's perspective like uh, you're not even my daughter and that felt like darts in my own stomach right now so uh. i can't even imagine what that would be like hearing that from your own sh- from your own child's mouth like i think that as a parent your first reaction would be helplessness mm-hmm. and guilt because you wouldn't well, wouldn't you automatically want to defend yes. your child me personally Susie would my fuck personality you up. is always Susie would go I, I would listen Susie. i would go to prison and I will put money in your books, Thank bitch. You. I would give you the top notch Maruchan, whatever <laughs> it is. But well, I, will, I, won't go I would support you because yeah. I would be right there wanting but to like kill my, somebody. My first instinct oh my is always God. to fight. Right. But that's just my oh me, my, my personality. Right. But in hearing you talk, just sitting back from a parent as a parent too, and I, I imagine like if my son was talking to me like this, like I think instantly in hearing you talk, I felt helplessness and I felt guilt Mm. and I'm not even your mama. I know. But just to think like I wasn't there to protect you. There's nothing. There's there's massive, massive guilt. I can't take away what happened to you. And that's a reflection of me. Like 
and it happened and I don't know what to do about it and that scares me because you're me. a like, baby and you shouldn't have to fucking feel that but what I'm saying is the from I, I understand I have compassion for my parents now because what was probably running through their mind is you got hurt on my watch and I couldn't help you and now you're damaged and I don't know what to do I don't know how to tell you I'm sorry I don't know how to fix it this scares me it scares me that you're so angry it scares me that you're so damaged it scares me it scares me it scares me I don't know what to do so I'm gonna hide I'm gonna know what to do so I'm just gonna change the subject I don't know what I'm gonna do but I'm just gonna go to the other room and turn on the music and we never get to communicate because of the problem to the root of the problem like because we're so scared of admitting that we fit fa- like for my mom she's so scared of admitting that she failed right. because yeah. she was asleep Facts. because she was asleep to her kids because if she had been a, a, a the mother that she wished she would have been or she would have been paying attention yeah but she had her own issues she had her own trauma she was a foster kid she was worried about my dad cheating she wasn't available right. my dad was always working i needed a man's attention obviously i went to him I, that's why i was the perfect victim for 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 this man who was a predator who was a fucking pedophile like Mm -hmm. that's what he is and so i get why parents don't i I really do and so when my parents came i did i like i told my dad where the fuck were i I did i I even said it like that where the fuck were you dad like where were you you've never protected me and all i wanted was my dad and what i found out blew me away like he planned to take care of this guy but my mom begged him not to he had his Mm. he had my brothers he was gonna set it up to invite him over for dinner like they were gonna do a whole setup but my mom begged him not to because she thought that they would kill him and then she was like and then what not then the girls don't have a dad so that changed my perspective on my dad but he never told me that Right. So for all these years, I thought and my dad I bet was you this he didn't weak. Tell you that because he thought he was protecting you. Because he thought he was protecting me. So that's why communication is so important, especially when you're going through something traumatic. Because everyone makes up their own story. Yeah. And then you live with all this pain when you could just, in talking, you you bond, right? Like when you have compassion for someone, you can have love for somebody. Yes. Yeah. And love is the healing balm of everything there's nothing greater than love so literally goes right back to the beginning of this conversation for the whole black lives matter thing like love is the secret weapon it is that somehow gets lost in translation and that's the way we were raised like Mm -hmm. my sister my brother and me we were truly like i've never looked at somebody and judged them because of the color of their skin Mm -hmm. i'm just like you're cool Mm-hmm. we vibe what's up mm-hmm. you know but to think that there are people i truly believe that racism is taught mm-hmm. it is taught and you see that with all these videos that are surfacing on like we saw this video of this young little girl that was trying to have this conversation with her dad oh yeah remember that we're just mm-hmm. like racism is taught but a lot of this a lot of this behavior is taught and the fact that you have taken this trauma mm-hmm. and faced it and worked through it and are now living a living testament and choosing to not just keep that knowledge and that growth to yourself mm-hmm. and are choosing to pay it forward and literally physically help other women through your own trauma it's like 
that's worth more than money mm. it's worth more than gold you know what i'm saying yeah it's my it's it's my i feel like it's my purpose to help it is especially i feel like it is what is your purpose i feel like you're really clear on your purpose now i feel like besides acting and i feel like like, i'm supposed to bring tools to the community but let me just communication and healing i don't know let me just read some of your uh television credits right and 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 i love this because I love the fact that even though you've been on um, NBC's My Name is Earl, The League, um, History's Six, and TNT's Major Crimes, Heart of Dixie, BET's Real Husbands of Hollywood, which Susie used to watch, right? My husband um, is a huge fan, by the way. Your, your film credits include Flight with Denzel Washington, Snitch with Dwayne Johnson, who was like my ultimate the rock. crush, The <laughs> Rock. <laughs> um, right along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart, the bounce back with Shamar Moore, to name a few, right? Yeah. Which I got to star in that show with Shamar yeah. Moore and you. I love that. Like through all that, through all the Hollywood glam glitz, like you have found your purpose. Yeah. You could have easily taken these accolades and wore them on your sleeve, like a bronze medal, a gold medal, and forgotten about all the people that look like you, that talk like you, that have lived what you have lived and lived a really glitzy, glamorous life. But instead, you chose to use your platform to elevate them as well so that they understand and that they know. And they feel like, I'm super impassioned about this kind of shit. That's the whole purpose for me yeah. behind Sister, Sister, the podcast. Yeah. Fuck the fame. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who recognizes me on the street, who knows my name. The fact that you hear my voice and that in my voice you hear a little bit of hope yeah. matters the most. Yeah. And to bring yeah. people into the podcast that also vibrate from that frequency mm-hmm. to, and are Latina women, mm-hmm. double minority like me is everything. Yeah. And that you chose to, in spite of all the ri- money and, and s- like status, you chose to still go back and pay it forward is fucking amazing. Thank you. It is. I have never cried this much <laughs> in a podcast. I mean, there crying is so eyelashes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, to me, I value that so, 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 so much. much because trust me in through my sister's career, because I've been around since yeah. she started and I've seen so many people, huge names, not so huge names, pretend like they didn't come pick themselves up from the mud and pretend like those people down there no longer matter is such a fucking disservice you know anytime i did a red carpet or whatever and i feel like had i been more self-centered i think i would have been i could have gone very far in my career i had so many opportunities but it always scared me because anytime i would something in my soul knew that i was destined to do this work because I would go to the red carpets and they would ask me about the movie or the TV show, especially the first year of My Name is Earl, which was my first experience with like a hit show and and all I got to experience um, with that was like a taste of what life could be. And I never had anything to say. Like after I finished the interview, I felt empty. I was like, and what then was the what? point and in that? Yeah. What, what, what else? did that just what do else? for people? Like, what did that just do? And I didn't know yet that I was longing, that my soul was longing to have to do something more and i did just didn't want to be a celebrity just with a pretty face and a cute little body and 
have nothing to fucking say and no way to help people heal from trauma which governs our entire life and the way we build our life and the way we communicate like there is nothing more important than your family and how you love your friends there's nothing more important about how you connect with your community Mm -hmm. because once you taste support and love and true compassion you're like i can't even go back to negativity and hate and jealousy and putting you down or hearing you put me down like you you can't do it anymore and all you want to do is uplift yeah and that's all i want to do i could sit here and uplift all fucking day like it's just the highlight of my life that's how i feel every day yeah i'm like if, if listen if i don't got the right intention behind it i'm not behind it Right. And if that means I don't fuck with the Fashion Nova and a skinny tea blend or whatever the fuck all these brands are that don't fuck with me, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because we only highlight things that are true and real. I love that. You know what I mean? Not popular. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been one to to go for, like, the popular vote. You know? So when I hear people try to tell me, Roxy, you should really run for L.A. City mayor. Mm-hmm. I'm like... I'll be fired the first week. Mm. Actually, I think you should. Can I be your co-mayor? Listen, I, you know, I would probably do it just for the experience to document it. But I truly feel like I probably would get the L.A. vote a thousand percent, you know. But (laughs) the thing is, is I would probably unveil the truths of everything. And people would (laughs) have... I don't know. There'll probably be a hit on my head. Yeah. After 30 days. I need a co-host. So maybe don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's the truth because people do long for that authenticity. Yeah. That connection because fame, popularity, all that gets old after a while. Yeah. What is your purpose? And then that is what your legacy is. Yeah. When I, what is your, one of the, I've always been, when I realized that I wasn't alone walking through like, all the shit that I walked through, I've always been very vocal about it. So one of our highest, highest downloaded um, podcasts was when I opened up about my divorce. divorce. Because so many women are divorced. So many people are divorced, you know? But not a lot of women have figured out how to walk through it gracefully. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about it, and I've talked about it so many times through Amigas for My Soul, which is the nonprofit organization that Raquel started, um, we've had like live conferences where I've talked about it like from beginning to end from my relationship with my mom from beginning to end, like the conflict, the turmoil and the resolution. Um, there's so many people that connect and resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Susie, I didn't know X, Y and Z. And hearing you speak about it helps me realize, number one, I'm not alone mm-hmm. the same way your story will. A million times over. I can't wait to show you the reviews that we get on your show, Nadine. Awesome. Because people are going to be like, I am her. Mm, like, yeah. I am that little girl. They're, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's... Oh, we have so many... All of us are walking. Well, not all of... I mean, those a that haven't healed. A lot of us have are. a broken little girl in there who just really needs our attention. Absolutely. We can't keep scary. hiding her. It's scary because it hurts. Because when you go back and you open up those wounds again, or when you realize, like this is really what happened to me and it's fucked up like it hurts to it relive that hurt. it but hurts. it hurts more to stay keep it in yes it and does and never experience like intimacy or like really being with someone in in a place of just pr- being present 
right? I want to scream that from the mountaintops. Like, like I, I do. I, I really couldn't have friends before. I couldn't have relationships. I couldn't have friends. I couldn't just sit there with someone. I couldn't sit with myself. I was always trying to run from me, run from my body, run from the experience because I had so much pain. I'm so, I commend you so much in in having the courage because I know that when you speak your own truth, sometimes that comes with judgment, right? Yeah. But when you stop worrying about what other people are going to think and just focus on what your message is going to relay, yeah. fuck what other people think. I just posted Absolutely. this on Instagram the other day. I put, remember, if you're not speaking it, you're storing it. Mm. And that gets heavy. Yeah, yes. that was powerful. And, and you know what? The caption that I wrote to that Instagram was the following. It was like, at the end of the day, if you're not speaking it, you're storing it. And I put... All the unspoken stuff we hold in creates dis-ease. Yes. If you break up the word disease, yeah. disease, it is dis-ease. Dis Let's go back to like, That's dope. you know, how many, um, how many, um, what is it like, uh, uh, when you like A-E-I-O-U, what is that called again? Vowels. Constant. Vowels. 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 How many? Dis-ease. Mm -hmm. Right? It's mm -hmm. two vowels. Dis-ease. Mm -hmm. And I put syllables. all the two syllables. 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 It's okay. Fuck, bitch, okay. don't be a teacher. You guys, you guys are buzzed, okay? I'm going to blame it <laughs> no. on you guys. You said it. We corrected you. All the you could delete okay. it. You could delete it. Say no. it again. <laughs> all the unspoken stuff we Nikki hold. said, rewind, delete it. Say it again. Just say it again. People <laughs> like to hear the real stuff. Listen, all the unspoken stuff we hold in creates dis-ease in the body. All that you hold in will eventually manifest in your health. Believe it believe it the other day i do believe the it. the other day this girl wrote to me on snapchat we're gonna wrap it up with this because we've been I on the air read for a an minute email. no i want to read an email okay well fuck it we'll read an email the other day this girl wrote to me telling me i've been with my man for seven years but we broke up when we were together for three years and i hooked up with my ex we had sex and i truly believe i got pregnant from him Oh, man. But I never told my current boyfriend now of seven years that I believe I got pregnant from him. And we had, and I had a kid. She oh, was pregnant. Damn. She was pregnant. She Yikes. goes, I truly believe my baby now is from my ex, but I've never told my boyfriend of seven years. Wow. How what do you, do you think, that? Roxy? Should I tell him? Because it's killing me alive. Exactly. How and do you I, live? And, and let me tell you, this post of, Oof. if you're not speaking it, you're storing it and it gets heavy. Girl. Is, that that holds king and queen to a lot of people right now. There's a lot of secrets that people store. And I said, man, mama, that's on you. If you want to break it down to your current man and tell him the truth, you know, because she goes, I know my son right now is from my ex. But how could I tell my current boyfriend that I've been for, and I said, well, you broke up in that fucking seven years. At three years, you broke up with him. Oh, it's going to be a all, shit why show. Is he your gonna, boyfriend after hey, seven years? here's the deal. He's going to go ape shit. And I said, that's then, what's going to happen. And I said, you and either you gotta, just have to be willing. You to either got to live with there or you got to face it. Like, I don't even know, like, what to tell you. At it this don't point. sound like she's going to be. You if know, you're if you're at that point where you're talking, it's killing you alive. And, you know, eventually you have to say something. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I know it's killing this girl yeah. alive. And I said, at this point, mama, I don't even know if it's worth disclosing the truth. Oof. But she goes, what it's causing inside exactly. of me is killing me. Exactly. And so it's like, are you going to live with that? Or are you going to let it out? You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? 
That's a tough one, right, A.D.? Would you let him know? Of course. I mean, I, I, because I know pain so bad. You would I'm, break up your family if you do. I, I would die then. I'm going to die anyway. Like, what kind of family am I having being a liar? What kind of family am I having if, I'm, if I, all I'm doing is suppressing this thing? Like, I'm not even present. I can't even enjoy my family. She can't. She because I'm me. constantly tortured. And I know torture. And I, now that I know what peace is, I would never want torture again. But you can only get peace when you're willing to face all the fucking shit that we've done. All I told her, I said, listen, if you're willing to face the consequences of your truth, then let your man know. But if you're not, then keep it in, keep it a secret. I like what Nadine said. Say She's not going to be able to. She's is not what I'm saying. That's She's already she re- started. That's She's why she not was reaching be able- out to so me. So you could pre- you could pretend to your you can lie to yourself and say I'm going to keep it in. But let, let's talk in eight months and, or two years and see where you are. Or uh. even when this kid is. 25 30 it's gonna haunt you her know how fucked up and how traumatizing that's gonna be but the- definitely talk to a therapist right like let's absolutely do that. talk to a therapist go see a family therapist don't you think everybody you're strong enough and ready enough to have the conversation absolutely i think everybody as healthy as you may think you are everybody needs a therapist okay so let's you already this- talk to your, your 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 friends about your shit like go talk to a professional <laughs> exactly like- i mean but is a professional really i mean a professional i feel like so, like listen i never knock therapy but sometimes a professional is going through their own shit too therapy My thing is like is listening to this to sister sister the podcast could it be your therapy it could but it's you don't get to speak when you there's something about you speaking your thing your stuff and then having somebody who has a different perspective has you answer in a certain it, it way triggers, i don't know it's right? just a certain therapy has, has has taught me how to th- absolutely see things differently I and love this therapy. is why we're taking sister sister the podcast live oh so why? that way we can have as soon as the whole covid thing is over mm-hmm. we're taking way, our situation what does that mean live Live, we're doing live, live events with, with an audience. Oh, good. so that way we yes. can have really real, raw, oh my god, discussions. We are face going to face to San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Florida, L.A., and Texas. Chicago, you're going. I yes. need to be yeah. a guest. You, yeah, you are. Oh, you trust are me. We have one. our panels already set up, oh but we're taking this live god. so that we can have face to face conversations. So the same emails that we get we're gonna actually I have see. them face to face and it's gonna be as always That's a beautiful judge a non non-judgmental space, space where you can get up and ask the question ask the hard question get it I off your chest because who are we gonna call and tell i'm not gonna call and tell your man you know like this is between you and me the yeah. same way as it goes in my chair okay so let's, listen, let's talk about wait. this email of the week so wait the brave women series where can we find it so i'm gonna have a landing page for you guys um it's this is my quarantine passion project so i've been working oh on it i got quarantine. it yeah. oh it's gonna be amazing so in the meantime follow her on instagram yeah, yeah you'll get all the information on my instagram when it launches it'll launch in most i think august yeah so let them know what your instagram is one more time it's at nadine velasquez and that's two z's okay perfect and she's verified so if you follow a nadine velasquez that is not it ain't her it ain't her it ex- let them know okay oh sis, my gosh so, so thank you so email much nadine. of the week before we get into that i want to thank nadine because you. your your rawness your vulnerability your willingness to come here with us and share your journey your <laughs> triumphs and your pitfalls is fucking amazing thank and i you. really have a lot of respect for women especially that are willing to share 
and pay it forward. Yeah. Well, I love. Thank you. We so much love for you, that. Nadine. I love you too. The realest of the realest. I'm like so in love with you guys. Like, you don't want to leave. I'm, I get it because this is the first time we've gotten real, right? And yeah. so I think you guys are amazing at what you're doing for the community. Is everything so? Well, you have an ally in yeah, us for sure. When um, the brave woman goes global, okay, you have an ally global, in like us that. because we need more women, especially in the Latina community. And it's not yes. because I don't love the Anglo community because I honestly want all women to win. I want to collaborate with you guys too. Absolutely. Oh, you are. Because this is, this is so important, what you guys are doing. And it's, we, we need this. We move mountains, we need Nadine. This. Are you ready? Yes. Because I don't do anything half-assed. Okay, girl. Ask my husband. Okay, girl. I don't even fold laundry half-assed. Nice. Because you don't even fold laundry, bitch. <laughs> listen, who asked you? <laughs> Okay, okay, so middle so of the week. The email actually this is a DM. It came in through our sister sister the podcast. Anyhow, I loved it because as you guys know, I love a victory story. I don't love pity parties. Yeah, so. Susie hates pity parties. Um okay, so she says, OMG ladies, I absolutely am so excited for you two. I love everything about this podcast. You two have inspired me to reach out to my sister. Who we haven't spoken since January. So that's wow, amazing to some people that may not even seem long, but with everything going on in the world, COVID especially to me or anyone else who has a close bond with their sister, that time frame can feel like it's been years. Anyways, I won't get into why my sister and I hadn't been talking or in each other's lives. I just wanted to simply say thank you for being yourselves and saying how it is. I pushed my pride aside and reached out to my sister. Our family has always been tight and, and close. After my parents divorced, my sister and I are all I have. So again, thank you and may God keep blessing you both with this journey. Keep it raw. <laughs> oh, I love and that. And that is from Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. Oh, my God. You know what? If that's what we're doing in the world is helping women rekindle with their sisters, like at the end of the day, only a sister with a sister knows what that feels like. Right. Because if you don't have a sister, you don't know what that closeness feels like. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what that is to like to to, to bounce ideas off of somebody or to like have somebody because. A sister isn't necessarily that person that's gonna like go along with everything you say. Right. A person is Nadine that person. Nadine is witness. We, yeah. We always contradict each other. Yeah. yeah. You and I. Yeah. And and the thing is, that you don't you don't necessarily want somebody to like go with your flow all the time. You want somebody that's gonna be able to call you out on your bullshit. It's healthy. Well, the all the, the great thing about a sister is you already know it's coming from love. If you love each yes. other. So you could say the harshest thing, but you know afterward and you can fight and you know afterwards you're gonna go share an apple afterwards. Or a burger. Yeah. So there's Or a, a burger. Or a burger. <laughs> so it's like it's the the most beautiful way to be, right? Because yeah. you're not pretending ever. Exactly. I love that. So I love that we're able to inspire, motivate, and encourage women every day to see life a little bit differently and to make even the slightest adjustment so that life becomes more beautiful as you evolve and grow in it. Yes. That and is our what? purpose. I got to give a shout out to um, all the, the Apple podcast reviews that are coming girl, in. Girl, girl. Nadine Adriana. Definitely love listening to both of these women speak on some real raw truths. Very relatable, easy to follow and listen to. That's that's so important nowadays. It like is. as much as people like people think they gotta be so eloquent 
and politically correct. I do think that's important. No, everybody thinks they got. No, we were talking about Cardi. As not much as, elo- not politically correct, but I do think eloquence is important. It, it, it is because we are a minority class. Yes, and people will discount us if we don't speak English correctly. So when we're speaking to the Anglo-Saxon community. We need to be able to speak in a way that they understand us and they don't discount us. And then when we're around our comadres or our girlfriends or in the neighborhood, then we can let loose and be who we are. We have that's the beauty of being Hispanic, of being Latinos. Latinos. We have we can live in both worlds so effortlessly Mm -hmm. if we are intentional about it. We can conquer two worlds. We can conquer two um clientele we can conquer two incomes like hello hello two incomes i'm with that very relatable easy to follow and listen to two very strong women i personally follow roxy on all social media outlets this podcast has definitely been an added addition to my routine started listening Mm -hmm. during quarantine so happy i found this love their funny related relatable stories as well as well as so many life experiences they've gone through really appreciate how real you both are i can't wait for the next one we love to keep you wanting more. This is another one from Olivia Jade Four. She says, I follow you on Snapchat, Roxy, and you and your sister are funny as hell. Duh. Duh. <laughs> what is hell funny? I don't know. It, it, it's something we don't know. This is the last one. Um, Mindy 8808. I found Roxy on Snapchat. I love listening to her motivational saps. I'm 30 years old, married to my high school sweetheart and a working mother of four. I'm from Hawaii. I'm Hawaiian, Samoan, Polynesian. Wow. I am not a Latina, but still love and enjoy Sister Sister, the podcast. I listen to you ladies early in the a.m. throughout working out throughout the day until making dinner for my family. I love how you ladies preach on how more of us women need to set boundaries. Amen. From kids to our man. I laughed my ass off on how y'all agree that our husbands need to stay their ass at home when we get our hair done. (laughs) My husband will come with me everywhere. My husband will come with me everywhere if he could. Ha ha ha. I'm looking forward to catching up on rest on the rest of the podcast. So just thank you to everybody that hits us up on Apple Podcasts. Like, thank you to you guys. Our ranking on Apple Podcasts goes higher and higher. The more podcasts, the more reviews you leave. So we have 481 reviews. That's amazing. We're not even done with season two. Nadine, I can't wait till you have your own podcast. Wow. That shit's going to be powerful as fuck thank you yes af thank you mama for joining thank us thank you for having me <laughs> she didn't know we were gonna give her this many cocktails and it was gonna be this real huh <laughs> listen her mango didn't get eaten but the cocktails got drank yeah they did get drunk yes we love you guys thank you for joining us again remember to follow us on sister sister the podcast on instagram we are almost at six thousand followers sis yes thank you for loving the the content we post we gotta post more pictures on there I love you, sis. I feel like you're being really judgmental right now. What? Take it back. What? Take what back? Your judgment. On on what? I love you. (laughs) What do you mean? You pointed at me like I need to post my pictures. I fucking love you, bitch. I love you too. We no no. I'm just saying you have less pictures than I do on my picture book. In my in my photo albums, I don't even keep track. Is there such a thing? We need to take more pictures. That's such a thing. You have more pictures because you're like. A paparazzi. I need to be better at that. For my own life, huh? Yeah, so you have more pictures of us. Well, fucking get on it, bitch. I will. Okay. Scouts on her. Till next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Love you. Bye, motherfuckers.